Hello, New Life Downtown. We're continuing our reflections on Romans 8. This is part six and it's called Waiting with Hope. Last week, we talked about what to do in this present pain and how our present suffering can't compare to future glory, but we also wanna talk a little bit more about what it means to wait with hope. And the first thing I want us to talk about is actually what is Christian hope? There's a lot of maybe misconceptions about what it means to be filled with the hope of Jesus Christ. And so the first thing we kind of think about is that hope is a sort of escape. If we're living along the time space continuum and we're going along this way, uh, some of us think that the hope is really escape, that we're going to be lifted out of it and taken to some sort of eternal um, place that is apart from this world. And so Christian hope actually looks like an escape. Maybe for others of us, we think there's not really a difference between hope and optimism, that there's sort of this plane of reality here, but optimism is kind of this other alternate plane of reality, and that's really what Christian hope is. It's a little bit of mind over matter, just choosing to be positive. Maybe for some of us, we think of hope in the way that the world around us thinks of hope, which is that it's simply progress. It's a linear arrow that kind of angles upward. And so we just sort of think, look, as time goes on, surely we're better off now than we were back then. This shows up, by the way, whenever people say things like, it's 2020, can you believe we're still talking about? And sometimes that's a valid thing to say, but it betrays a worldview that, that says that as time goes on, so should progress. Maybe another view of Christian hope is that it's kind of like restoration. Instead of an angled or a straight line, it's a circle. So this is where we were in Eden. This is where the world was when it began. And we kind of messed things up, but hey, we're gonna return back to it. And so it's cyclical. But actually the cyclical view of history is not Christian at all. It shows up in religions like Hinduism, maybe Buddhism or some of the other Eastern religions, but it's not the Jewish or the Christian view of time or of hope. Instead, the Christian view of hope is resurrection. And that looks a little bit more like this, where the line of history was going along and it started to crash, started to head towards death and destruction. And then out of nowhere, suddenly God came in, broke into space and time in the person of Jesus Christ and set everything on a new course. In fact, it was his desired course for us, the completion and perfection of all things. And yet, it is a surprising course. It is like an angular line intersecting into a downward descending line. So Christian hope is resurrection. And that's what resurrection is. Re the resurrection of our bodies, the resurrection is a kind of consummation and completion of creation. It is God putting back together the world in such a powerful way that death itself is defeated. Everything sad will become untrue, like Tolkien wrote in The Lord of the Rings and all things becoming new again. And so what do we do now? What does it look like now to wait with hope? As we continue in Romans 8 verse 24, Paul says, we were saved, you see, in hope. But hope isn't hope if you can see it. In fact, if you can't see the thing you're hoping for, that's uh, maybe a good confirmation that you have hope. Who hopes for what they can see, Paul says. But if we hope for what we don't see, we wait for it eagerly, but also patiently. And so the first thing that it means to wait with hope is that it means waiting with patience. It means waiting patiently. This crisis has exposed how quickly we want explanations and resolutions. 
All kinds of conspiracy theories abound from suspicions about this or that, or maybe it's God's judgment, or maybe it's these secret operatives, or whatever the case may be. We want explanations. We want to rush to why is this happening? Or the other question we want to hurry to is when will it be over? All of our self-proclaimed experts uh, on Facebook saying what they think is going to happen with this quarantine or this virus, but the real issue might be that we are an impatient people. We don't want to live without explanations and without timelines, but to be a Christian is to live with a patient hope. Christian hope is a hope beyond the now, even beyond the afterlife, if you will. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, if our hope is only for this life, we of all people are to be pitied. As Romans 8 goes on, Paul says in verse 26, in the same way too, the Spirit comes alongside and helps us in our weakness. We don't know what to pray for as we ought to, but that same Spirit pleads on our behalf with groanings too deep for words. And the searcher of hearts knows what the Spirit is thinking because the Spirit pleads for God's people according to God's will. Waiting with hope looks like patience, and waiting with hope looks like prayer. Prayerful waiting. Many times when we talk about grief, counselors tell us that the first phase of grief is inarticulate. There's not a lot of words, not a lot of explanations or phrases. And this is why last week we talked about the groan, the great groaning of creation. But there comes a time when that groaning actually takes on the shape of prayer. Even when we don't have the words, the Spirit within us groans within us. The Spirit prays within us. N.T. Wright, reflecting on this passage, says, God hears and answers the prayer, which we only know as painful groanings, the tossings and turnings of an unquiet spirit standing before its maker with the pains and puzzles of the world heavy on its heart. It may not sound like prayer to us, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, it becomes prayer. But prayer, of course, is not passive. It is, in fact, how we participate with God in his work. And so Wright continues in his commentary, there is a challenge here to every church and every Christian to be willing to shoulder the task of prayer, of this kind of prayer, prayer in which we are caught up in the loving, groaning, redeeming dialogue between the Father and the Son. See, prayer, the deep, groaning kind of prayer, is actually a way that we participate in the life of the Trinity, the communion of the Father and the Son by the Holy Spirit in us. In prayer, we share in this relationship and share in God's work. So I don't want you to feel, friends, that in this meantime that you can only pray or that we can just pray. As you've been joining us for different online prayer meetings, I want you to know that actually prayer is our work. Prayer is how we wait patiently. Prayer is how we wait with hope. So even now, let's embrace patience and prayer as we wait with hope.